The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining us today as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. And we're glad you're with us and really our desire is to be an encouragement and a help as we walk verse by verse, section by section through different paths, through different books of the Bible. Uh, a couple of weeks, last week we started through the book of 2 Corinthians. We started talking about comfort, uh, the God of all comfort, things of that nature. Please remember this is an, what we call an epistle of Paul. It's a letter that Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that he wrote to the church of Corinth. It's a second letter that he wrote to the church of Corinth. And as we walk through this, we're going to look at something uh, intriguing today. Uh, one of the things you will hear talked about in church culture, uh, taught in the, in, in the book of Corinthians, taught in Matthew, taught in different parts of Scripture in the church. One of the things that sometimes is necessary is what's called church discipline. Uh, simply, somebody's causing grief, somebody's engaging in sin, and... The ultimate goal is to help bring that person back to reconciliation, help them to recognize they're wrong, the pain they're causing, but not necessarily just to excommunicate, as some would say, or to kick out somebody. The goal is reconciliation. The goal is to bring that person back in. And that's really what Paul's talking about. So we're going to see a little bit of the buildup of what's going on. And also, as we talked yesterday, Paul had these reasons. He was going to come to the church, and then he chose not to visit. And we get into the second chapter, we actually get a little more details to why he didn't visit. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, But I determined this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness. He said, I didn't want to come hurt. I don't want to come overwhelmed. He goes, For if I make you sorry... Who is he that maketh me glad, but the same which is made sorry by me? He's like, if I come to you and I bring this hurt and I bring it to you, you're going to be frustrated and we're not, you're not going to be able to encourage me and vice versa. And, and so honestly, coming with this battle, it's, it's not going to be good. He says, verse 3, I wrote this same unto you, lest when I, come, when I came I should have sorrow for them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is full, is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. So let me give you a little understanding because we'll get more, we'll see it when we walk in. But here's really what Paul is talking about here. Paul said, I had a desire to come. And what we're learning here is that somebody in this church was causing grief. He was sinning. He was causing a lot of grief. And it seems to be that it was either that Paul was extremely grieved by the thing that was happening from a church that he had you know, been part of. And he was just grieved by that. Many um, believe that maybe the pain was straight towards Paul. What was happening was him and it was afflicted straight towards Paul. Could be rumors, could be all kinds of different things that happened. They don't give us the detail of the sin. And so he says, if I come, and he could have been, I'm frustrated by what's going on. Maybe I was hurt personally. If I bring it to you, it's only going to make the problem worse. Whatever's going on needs to be dealt with there. And if I come, coming's going to exasperate the problem through maybe the fact that it's pointed to me or I'm hurt or angry, whatever it would be. And so Paul was just making this clarification that um, coming, just due to the grief, something, some dissension, some problem is taking place in this church. He says in verse 5, but if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I might not overcharge you all. He goes, if those who have caused grief, they've not really, they've hurt me a little bit, but it's really, the problem is more in the church. He goes, well, it hurts me, it, the bigger picture. It's not about how it's affected me, but it, there's a bigger picture here. Verse 6, sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. Now, 
You say, what in the world is going on here in this case? Sufficient to this man, what he's received, the punishment he's received is good, inflicted of many. What does that mean? Well, the, it was church discipline. The entire church has come together, and they've recognized the battle, and the church has brought what they call church discipline. And really, simply what that means is, generally, Matthew 18 talks about it. You go to them, somebody goes to them alone. If they won't hear that person, you go to them with someone else. Your, your goal is to cover a multitude of sins. Your goal is not to expose this. This is not help everybody see how bad this person is. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. And so the goal of sending one person alone is you send that one person and usually a pastor or a board member or a mentor and they would go and those people would encourage and, and, and sit down and say, do you know what's going on? Do you realize the situation? And hopefully build reconciliation to where the whole problem is solved within these two people. If that doesn't work, you take a second one and say, I think you need to understand what's really going on. If that doesn't happen, the Bible says you bring it before the church and you bring it. The goal is every one of these stages, you can't ignore sin, especially sin that affects. You know, now everybody struggles in sin, but I'm talking something that is, is generally affecting the entire church. Then you bring it to them because you, you need to make sure that it's not covered. You need to make sure that it's, you know, and, and fortunately too many churches cover these kind of sins today and it's, it's, sin, it's sinful. So you bring it to the church and hopefully that person, the goal every step is that person will repent and just acknowledge and confess. And he talks about what we do to them. He says, so that come through eyes, you ought rather to forgive him. Now, so what you're saying in verse six is that he was brought to the church and as he was brought to the church, he acknowledged his wrong and he was willing to repent. Finally, he came, I'm sorry. He realized what's going on and he was finally willing to say, I was wrong, please forgive me. He, he took responsibility. So, so he goes, come through eyes, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps uh, such a one should be swallowed up with over much sorrow. He, now that he's acknowledged and everybody's aware of really what's going on, at least the church, he can become overwhelmed with grief. He can say, I can't believe I did this, I'm overwhelmed. And if you push him aside and you say, I'm not gonna forgive you, he can become overwhelmed and his personal battle can get really bad. So and once he's acknowledged now you come alongside and you show love. Um, then he says in verse eight, wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. Go back and love him. Forgive him and love him. For verse 9, for this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. He says, so I'm writing this to you, and I wrote before, and, and I kind of stayed away because I wanted to see what you would do with this. There's been a situation. You had to deal with it. He acknowledged sin. The question is, will you be obedient? Will you deal with the sin? Will you, and then, and then if he repents, will you forgive? Sometimes we, we refuse to deal with the sin that needs to be dealt with, or when it happens, we don't want to forgive. We live in anger. Neither one of those are right. Deal with it. Reconciliation. But again, it comes down to that person willing to forgive. And sometimes churches, what we do is say, we don't care what they've done, we forgive them. You can't. They can't receive. There's no reconciliation. They've not taken responsibility for their action, and you're actually giving them freedom to move forward. God talks about dealing with it. Now, if one person comes, if, if I were to go to someone, they say, yes, I'm, I'm wrong. It's dealt with. It stays between us. We move forward. Um, depending, you know, obviously the confession needs to match the crime, uh, but at the same case, generally the goal is reconciliation. So he goes, are you going to obey God? Are you going to deal with it? And are you going to bring forgiveness and then show great love to these people? We ought to show as much love as Jesus did. If someone, every time someone confesses and acknowledges, we turn around, forgive, and show love. He says this also, to whom, verse 10, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. If you did, he's hurt me, whatever, we're going to forgive it. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. He goes, it, it was hurt to me. Don't get upset. Don't defend me. 
I've forgiven it for the cause of Christ and the church. Here, why? But then he gives a reason why. Why do we deal with sin? Why do we confront sin? Why do we, when repentance is given, forgive sin and then bring love? Why do we come back to full reconciliation and move forward? You see, you act like it never happened. You just move on. You move on and say, we're done here, now we're moving forward in love and reconciliation. Why are all of these things true? And stated in verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You see, if we refuse to deal with sin, sin grows, it gets contagious, and it'll ultimately destroy a church, families, marriages, whatever, if it's not dealt with. When it is dealt with, and the person's willing to acknowledge it, we need to forgive. Because if we harbor anger and bitterness, again, the same destruction. Satan can use sin to destroy families and churches and communities. Satan can use, well, sin, a refusal to forgive and bitterness towards somebody. That can cause grief. Well, I'm not going to that church. I'm not dealing with that person anymore. Well, we can cause a lot of grief. Satan can use these things to destroy. Or Satan can use the refusal to reconcile that person in. They go, other people are hurt. All of these things can cause grief. He says, so we do these things because God has asked us to. We live in obedience to them. And then, because Satan gained advantage of us. We're not ignorant of his devices. He wants to destroy us, our families, our marriages, our church with these things. And so, are you going to be obedient? Paul says, if I came, I was only going to make this worse because some of it came to me. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to hand it to you and say, will you deal with it as a church biblically? And here's a simple point. Churches need to acknowledge sin and deal with it. And again, if it's, you know, I'm, I'm not saying churches, we, we, publicly confess our private sins. Here's what I would say. Your confession should match the sin. If it's a private sin, I deal with it privately. If it's a public sin, I deal with it publicly. Uh, and that's the premise. And, and I'm just willing to acknowledge and move forward. Simply, I'm not going into detail. I'm just saying, I was wrong here. Forgive me. Move forward. That's biblical. Then you show love. Then you show grace. Then you move forward. Uh, why? Because when you don't do those things, if you don't acknowledge sin and then forgive sin, Satan's got, a, he's got an insight. When we're unwilling to follow these steps, it, our marriages get affected, our homes are destroyed, our churches are destroyed. And by the way, when we only offer grace and we're not saying, I'm going to deal with sin, we're just going to ignore it and act like it didn't happen, that's not biblical, and it hurts the church as well. There needs to be those proper steps in biblical. With the ultimate goal, forgiveness, reconciliation, but the ultimate goal is that Satan will not get the advantage. And all of us, as we move forward, we got to be careful that we don't let sin destroy us. We don't let other people sin. And, but the ultimate goal, love, grace, reconciliation, that's what God, that's the entire design of what God has here. So as we look at that as a church, we look at that as Christians, as people, that's the ultimate goal God has for us. We would deal with it if necessary, deal with sin if necessary, forgive, and then love, move forward, help those people to come to full restoration, and then find God's love through the church, through us, and they can re recognize what that unconditional love and forgiveness looks like. Thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday morning, giving me a chance to take a few minutes to teach, to be in God's Word. I hope it's a help, hope it's an encouragement. I do appreciate you following along with this and uh, just being part of this. We, we really want to just, we love the chance to teach the Word of God and hopefully be a help. And we do thank you for joining us today. and We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.